0: and welcome to Lit Service, where we're fans of fiction and purveyors of dodgy writing advice. My name is Kristen, and uh, if there was a death match of the main character of the last movie I watched and of the last book I read, it would be between Thrawn from Star Wars and Danielle from Ever After. And I love Danielle, but Thrawn is winning that one. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's safe to say. (laughs) Probably. My name is Caitlin, and... The last book I read was the Mirror Visitor series. So the main character of that who has a cold all the time and can't touch things versus I think the last show I watched was The Mandalorian. I don't really think she has a chance there. <laughs> Unless she goes through a mirror real fast.
2: My name's is Aaliyah and I watched uh, Phantom of the Opera and uh, read Defy the Night by Bridget Kamurur. So Prince Koric versus the Phantom, they're both very violent, vindictive people. So I can safely say there will not be a winner, but the world will lose.
1: <laughs> mm, maybe it'll turn into like a, a secret villain romance in the background. <laughs> yes. both
2: Who knows what could happen?
3: <laughs> I'm Martha, and the last book I read was Saint Death's Daughter by Claire S.E. Cooney. And the character from it, the main character, was Miscellaneous Stones, who's a necromancer. And the last thing I watched was the Great British Baking Show Comic Relief, <laughs> comic relief Edition with uh, Sue Perkins. So uh, I think in a cage match between <laughs> Sue Perkins and Miscellaneous Stones, I think that that actually would probably not happen. I think it would probably be more like a lunch or going out to get a coffee. That sounds a lot better than a cage match, honestly. <laughs> yeah. The world yeah.
0: needs
2: more of that. Less cage matching. <laughs>
0: All right, today we have Martha Wells here with us, and we're so excited. She's been a science fiction fantasy writer since her first fantasy novel was published in 1993, and her work includes The Books of the Rexura series, The Death of the Necromancer, The Fall of Illyrian trilogy, The Murderbot Diaries, which I highly recommend, Here, here. media tie-in fiction for Star Wars, Stargate Atlantis, and Magic the Gathering, as well as short fiction, young adult novels, and nonfiction. She's won Nebula Awards, Hugo Awards, and Locus Awards, and her work has appeared on the Philip K. Dick Award Ballot, the BSFA Award Ballot, the USA Today Bestseller List, and the New York Times Bestseller List. She's a member of the Texas Literary Hall of Fame, and her books have been published in 25 languages. Martha is an all-star, so we're really lucky to have her here. Well, thank you for having me. Well, we're excited, especially because you have a new book coming out, Witch King. Can you tell us a little bit about that book?
3: It's a fantasy. It's a secondary world fantasy. Not set in any fancy world I've written before. It's basically about the aftermath of a conquering empire coming in, and it's basically what happens after that. What happens after you've destroyed the evil empire? What happens? To the people who fought that battle. And it also takes place in two timelines that kind of complement each other. It sounds really weird and complicated when I explain it. I don't really have a good elevator pitch for it. But it's about, you know, mortal demons, finding a family, <laughs> you know, and, and murdering a lot of people along the way <laughs> and...
2: I love this elevator
3: pitch. (laughs) Yeah, accidentally acquiring a child and and that kind of thing.
0: The best trope. I love that. For anyone who hasn't had a chance to read it, Tor did put out a sample of like the first three chapters, which are really great. Definitely take a look at that in the meantime before you buy the book. So today, when we were trying to decide what to talk about, we thought about what Martha does really well in her books, what we like about them, and that is your characters. The three of us, I think, would die for Murderbot, uh, and (laughs) I think that would make it really uncomfortable, but we would do it anyway. (laughs) And I know it's not just us. So, Martha, what magic are you performing that makes readers love your characters? What's the step to building a character that people care about?
3: I think the only thing is you as an author have to really care about them. I think that kind of thing is kind of hard to fake. Even when I'm doing like media tie-in works, especially if I'm writing a character I've never written before, if I'm kind of indifferent to that character when I start, I usually love them by the end because I'm really trying to get into their perspective and see through their eyes, even if they're flawed people. I don't know. I think that's, I think that's basically the key is trying to put yourself in that person's place, but also try to keep it separate. I see a lot of beginning authors make the mistake of when they're trying to figure out what a character is going to do, they kind of put in, and it's a hard decision, they kind of put in what they would do in that person's position and not this character with their abilities and their past and their agenda and everything. It's kind of tricky, but you have to just kind of it's like running your software on someone else's hardware. That's a great way of I putting like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what other advice would you have for aspiring authors who are trying to plan a character
3: arc? Um, I, don't, I don't tend to plan out character arcs per se. It's like the story is generally, they're, they're used, there has to be some, for me at least, and there's so many different ways all over the world in every literary tradition of writing Um. Uh, characters of and so sometimes it's acceptable if the character never changes what when i write i the character has to be going through something there has to be some process not necessarily change but but some shift in their perception or their decision making or something so for me there has to be something like that there and the plot is very much wrapped around that. So that's the character arc, basically. I don't plan it out. It's, I I, like he, I sound so like I don't know what I'm doing. But um, <laughs> I, I like to, I'm kind of a what they call a pantser, you know, or actually a gardener writer where you just kind of start with a scene or, or something, a mood you're trying to get, and then you kind of, you you figure it out basically at almost the same pace, the reader As the reader would read it. So, and that usually uh, means a lot of rewriting (laughs) and getting, going into, you know, getting stuck in blind corners and having to turn around and go back and that kind of thing. So I don't know how I plan it out. Uh, Generally, it's just kind of of bringing the character through that plot and then letting them kind of change along the way. Again, (laughs) God, it doesn't sound. I'm trying to explain, it's more like I have. I have a feeling of what I want to get out of it. And I'm kind of sort of constantly chasing that feeling that mood and and everything.
0: I think you just gave so many pantser writers so much hope.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's okay if you start the book and you don't know where you're going. It's like just... Sometimes you just have to keep writing until you find the story. And then you have to go take a bunch of stuff out. So, yeah.
1: so actually, that's a, a follow-up question I wanted to ask. I'm really glad you said that you are a pantser or a gardener, because I unfortunately am a, a terrible combination of a, a planner and a pantser, and it just looks like an explosion all the time. But um, <laughs> when you are finished writing something and you finally have like that taste of how you want it to be, how do you go back and, and make it all work together? Do you do a reverse outline or do you just go back and reread it and think I need to tweak these things or, or how do you approach that?
3: I do a lot of rereading and actually I don't do a finished draft from beginning to end. If I change my mind about something or I realize I've you know, gone down an alley, I needed to go turn around and go back and find the street again kind of thing, I'll go back and do that right then. So I'll do a lot of revising and stuff as I go along. And it takes longer. To do that, but by the time I get to the end of the book, I usually, you know, most of the time, have a lot more, a draft that's a lot more closer to finished than like a first draft. Uh, It's you know, kind of almost at that time, that point, almost ready for the editor to see it. Like I did that with the Murderbot books, usually. The first one, All Systems Red, came together very quickly and only took me about a month to write. The others, even though they weren't that, the the other novellas, I should say, even though they weren't that much longer, took me three to four months to write. And like, particularly with artificial condition, I think I wrote about 20,000 words of this, you know, 35,000 word novella and then went back and took most of that out and went back to two or 3,000 words and started again. You know, if I change, if I change my mind about something, I have to go back and make that change you know, or I'll lose track of my plot. Playing it by ear like that, that's the disadvantage of it. It's, you know, you're, unless you're taking really good notes um, or have a better memory than me, uh, I have to go back and, and make those changes right away.
0: So in terms of building empathy for characters while balancing unreliable narrators, are there any, like, technical tricks that you would use in terms of, I don't know, types of scenes you show or like on sort of a meaty level? What are some things that you do to balance maybe a character who doesn't want to be liked with liking them?
3: I think it's, again, staying really close in in their point of view. Unless your character is really doing terrible things. I think your audience, your readers, are trained to support and like the main character, especially if you're reading fantasy, science fiction, romance. That's, you're, that's, you're kind of been trained to do that. So if you want the audience to dislike them, that's when you're starting out at a disadvantage, I think. Unreliable narrator, it's kind of, you have to give enough clues that the reader realizes this character is not perceiving things accurately. And sometimes drawing on, because it's, because I've, you know, I have anxiety, I've been through depression. And so, especially as you get older, you kind of realize a lot of times your brain is telling you stuff that's actually not true. And so trying to draw on personal experience helps. But yeah, just try to make sure the reader kind of knows. And and it's like, there's, there's no real, there's no real trick to it. I don't, I wouldn't say I use a lot of technique when I write. I'm mostly just trying to see through the character's eyes and trying to, you know, get that across, get their feelings across, even when they're a character that doesn't want to admit their feelings. Fabulous. I hope that's not
0: not too
1: incoherent.
0: No, that's a great way of answering. I mean – I think we forget sometimes as readers and writers that we are also unreliable narrators in our own lives. And so I think that's a fabulous way of, of yeah. relating.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think the best thing you can do to be a writer is do a lot of reading and actually even read, watching TV and watching movies and trying to figure out how they are doing the thing that you want to do. That's kind of what I did when I was first starting out, when I first decided I wanted to write.
0: That's fabulous. Reverse engineering. (laughs) That's what it's all about. (laughs) Yeah,
3: it really is.
0: Well, that is it for today. Thank you so much for coming on our show, Martha. It was fabulous to talk with you and to get to pick your brain a little bit.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me.
0: All of you listeners, be sure to check out Witch King. I'm sure it's going to be a wild ride. If you enjoyed today's show,
2: remember to follow and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform and tell your friends. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at LitservicePodcast at gmail.com or learn more on our site at LitservicePodcast.wigsite.com slash LitNation. You can also find special stenciled editions of books from our guests on our store there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks.